Giggly Gorilla Studios coming at you live from the trees of New York City, baby. We've probably already been here for a previous episode. I know we've at least been in the sewers of New York, Everest, when we talked about the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we have been in the sewers. I don't know if we've been above ground here. Um, so first, a bit first of a new time for everything. Yeah. Finally for here. Everything. It's New York. There's way too many people. Streets are dirty as hell. But so it's the winter, so here. there's plenty of snow. It is the winter, dude. I although I don't, we don't have much snow where I live. I live super up in the winter. There's like not that much snow here. Global warming is going crazy, but um, it's Christmas time. It is, That's which right. is kind of crazy. Yeah. Kinda, I feel like it really creeped up on us this year. Like I, I don't know. It's still, I'm, I'm still like registering that it's even December and Christmas in, is in like five days. <laughs> yeah, I'm like what the that. hell, man? Halloween was like two weeks ago in my mind. I'm like, yeah, no, right. I was like, watching, Thanksgiving I was, was just the other day, movie. man. It wasn't a month ago. How did we? How did we get here already? But um, in the spirit of Christmas, uh, Braden and I decided that we would talk about a Christmas movie, and uh, it also happens to be this Christmas movie's uh, 20th anniversary, which is pretty hype. That being the John Favreau film. Oh. How we do I, for, I forgot John Favreau was actually in the movie to be honest until he showed up. He like, is hey, in the how movie. long has I, it how long has it been since I've seen this? Because I should remember him being in it. Yeah, it's kinda it's kind of a shock to see him. Um we'll get into that. Elf so I guess a little backstory. Elf has been one of my favorite Christmas movies for a long time. Um I was excited to get to watch it again. I know you aren't as high on it as me, but I feel like I've kind of I've kind of like shown you the greatness of Elf again now, and you're like it's pretty good. Uh, Elf is one of those movies I never hated it or anything. I never even disliked it. Like I just thought oh, it's Elf, you know. <laughs> I feel like as I've gotten older, I've watched first. I've watched this movie more, so maybe that's a reason I appreciate it more. Uh, yeah, I just watched it more and like. I don't know, there's a, there's a lot more stuff you can grasp onto, like, as you get older, because like you were saying before we started yeah. recording, there's, like, a lot of humor that kind of, like, pushes it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get into some of that. I I think it just has a lot to offer to, like, all demographics. Like, I liked this movie a lot when I was a kid. Um, It definitely does a good job of upholding Christmas spirit if you are, like, a kid, still believes in saying or whatever, like, it does that for you but then as you get older there's a lot of jokes and humor in here and just themes that i feel like resonate more with you as you grow up yeah i I feel like as a kid too like it's hard to just to use a general phrase like put yourself in another person's shoe shoes so like Mm. buddy the elf is this human he grew up with a bunch of elves so like yeah sure he still had a family but he's never known his real family he doesn't know his real dad his real dad is still out there so like Mm -hmm. that part of the story it's so it's like the main plot point of the movie and like if that doesn't resonate to you then i don't know how the movie's gonna go yeah that's that's true but i feel like when you're when you're younger it's kind of more about like oh this is so funny that like there's a giant elf who thinks he's an elf and comes to new york city and it's like the whole fish out of water thing as i grow up more i kind of resonate more with the like him trying to find his family and fit in and uh, get his dad to like appreciate him um and yeah i really the, like the heart i really like four quadrant quadrant movies like that where like as a kid you can enjoy it like and mm-hmm. and a lot of the more complex and personal things might go over your head but there's still stuff for you to enjoy so you'll enjoy the film and as you get older you can appreciate that other stuff and like just adds a whole nother layer to the film yeah i agree 100 percent um 
Will Ferrell's in this movie. He's the lead. And this is probably my favorite Will Ferrell performance. Uh, I'd, I'd have to, like, make sure of that. But I think he's awesome in this movie. He He's hit and miss for me. Sometimes I love him. Sometimes he's just doing too much or I don't think he's that funny. I think he's great in this movie. I think he works perfectly. Yeah, I think he's really good in this movie. I'd probably agree. Off of anything I can think of top of my head anyway, it's his best performance. Yeah. I I love how, like, furiously he takes it like as, in terms of being this elf because it's so funny when he will just give deadpan deliveries to, like, the most goofy North Pole stuff ever. Like, people will just be where you're from he's like the north pole of course like he just great deadpan like so serious about it it's hilarious i i love, I love when he has a job at the mall and he's like and and they're like this is the north pole and he's like no it's not no it's like, not yeah, yeah it is and he's like no it's not oh and then he sees santa and he's like oh santa and he gets closer to him he's like you're not santa he's like yeah i am buddy i'm santa He's like, oh, yeah? What did I give you for your birthday then? Or what song did I sing you for your birthday? And he's like, yeah, whoa, well, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> he ripped his beard off. He's like, I told you, he's a fake. <laughs> All that stuff is so, so This is a grown um, man dressed as an elf exposing a fake mall Santa in front of a bunch of children. It's so uh, goofy. I love, I love also when um, he stays, like, basically the whole night at his job, like, decorating it like the North Pole. And then his boss, his boss comes in in the morning and his boss is like afraid for his job because he's like, man, they must have sent in some professionals to do this from corporate. I, hey, we got to be in this thing together because if I go, we all go. And it was just buddies. Like, oh my God, it's so charming. But um, I guess the movie does actually start in the North Pole, which I think is a pretty interesting choice. Uh, at least from a directorial perspective, to have to show the North Pole. I think it's pretty funny. I like all of the opening scenes where they're showing Buddy, like, living and learning with the rest of the elves. And he's just way bigger than them. I don't remember exactly how they did that, but it all looks pretty good still today. And uh, I think it's funny. When he runs outside before he's, like, like gonna leave to go to New York. He runs outside and he just hits his head on the thing because he's taller than the actual building is. Yeah, so many fun moments like that. He's like showering and he's just like way too big for the bathtub and the shower. And um, no, when the the, the other elves are like, he overhears the other elves talking and he's like, if he doesn't realize he's a human now, he's never going to. And he's like, huh? And then he just having like flashes to all those moments where he's way too big. He's like, that checks out. Oh, that was. That would make sense. Um, this is also kind of where we see most of a an underrated aspect of this movie, I guess, which is the relationship between Buddy and Papa Elf, like from the North Pole. I think man, Papa Elf was a real one, man. Papa Elf is such a real one, and I just I love their relationship. I love how he really has raised him as his own son because uh, he always kind of wanted kids they i think they say early in the movie and never could and so he kind of adopts buddy and he's always there for them for him you know and he he's okay with buddy going to find his new dad yeah. i'm like wow and that's uh he's kind of narrating that that's first part okay. he's giving us the spill on buddy he's like yeah bert buddy he's a human he was given birth to by a woman named susan Welsh. she put him up for adoption uh his father never knew he was born so, yeah, uh, an elf adopted buddy. By, from, I, by the way, the, the way he gets to the North Pole is he literally, like, crawls out of his crib while Santa is coming and just crawls into the present day. 
Like, it's so silly. And then Santa just doesn't notice. Yeah, he I, doesn't notice a crying child in his bag. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that where you have to kind of suspend disbelief in this movie. But it's all so charming that I don't really care. Like, most of it works for me. I'm never really like, oh, come on, that's stupid. I'm like, it's just funny. I mean, it's he's, charming. he's a human that thinks he's an elf. He grew up around elves. You're going to have to suspend some disbelief. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um... And, yeah, oh, when when Santa out. when Santa tells him your dad he's on the naughty list, Ooh, but he's like, that's like a, what? Oh, no, my dad. Yeah, it's like a huge thing for him. And they just he show just him like him. a shot of him being a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, buddy finds out you know he has a father. Decides he wants to go see him. So we get this, like, big montage of him traveling to New York City through, like, there's all these just narwhals, and he's, like, riding on an iceberg. It's all so goofy. But I love how seriously John Favreau takes, like, directing this. I think this is one of his earliest directorial features. I know he did more after this, but I think he does a really good job here. Um, he is also in the movie as a doctor, which uh, I had also forgotten about. When he turned around, it was John Favreau. I was like, well, yeah. Kathy Hogan. That's crazy. But um, obviously, Buddy gets to New York, and then it kind of turns into a big fish-out-of-water story, which I do think has gotten kind of old today. Like, if I see another fish-out-of-water story similar to this, I'm kind of, like, over it. But every time I go back to it here, I think it's done with such a, like, sincerity. And when he, when he gets to New York and he's just running across the streets because he doesn't know about cars and, like, how he has to wait for them and he's almost getting hit, I think it's so silly. Um, I love it. I I do love this movie. So fish out of water stuff is great. Um, he meets his he meets his dad. The dad's played by James Caan. So hey, hey, rest in peace. It's crazy that he's in this movie. Every time I see this movie, I think it's wild that he's in a. <laughs> it's it makes no sense. And I I watched like some documentary on this, and basically everyone involved with it was shocked they they got him to do this project because James Caan was in I mean he got his breakthrough in like The Godfather like he was a serious dramatic actor obviously he's awesome in Misery which I need to rewatch that would be a good one to do it's not really a Christmas movie there is a lot of snow so maybe I'll pop Misery on in the next couple days here but I love him in that film Um, every time I watch this movie he's like one of the standouts I think James Caan is so great he does such a good job of portraying that, like, angry, just, like, workaholic who's obsessed with making money, doesn't seem to care about his family. But then he has an arc throughout the film that I think is really charming and well done. So he's a big part of what makes this one for the Oh, yeah, definitely. If his, uh, whoever maybe was cast in that role didn't, like, give a good performance, this movie would probably fall apart. Because it, like, really hinges on James Caan and Will Ferrell for the most part. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, there's a lot of early on, like, James Conn is not happy, doesn't even believe that, like, Buddy is his son, which obviously, oh, why would yeah, you? I he would shows, not... up, shows up to the Empire State Building. He's like, um, I'm here to, I think he says, I'm here to see my father. <laughs> he gives I'm the, here to see the, my dad. Yeah. And the name, and she calls him, and she's like, yeah, I think you have a Christmas telegram here. And he just comes in, and he's like, <laughs> all right, and Buddy's just singing. He's like, ah, you're my dad, and I'm here, and season yeah. one, she gave birth to me, and you never knew I was born. And he's like, wait, 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 Susan Wells? Who sent yeah. this telegram? 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's so good. Um, I again, I just love Will Ferrell's like confidence and just willingness to go for it in this role because this would be a pretty a lot of the stuff is pretty embarrassing. Like that's part of what makes this movie funny is Buddy is just doing just super embarrassing stuff the whole movie. But Will Ferrell gives it his all, and I love him for that. But yeah, that's a great moment. Um, James Conn is like, no way, like, what, who is this clown? Um, I doesn't really believe him until, you know, obviously the whole Susan Wells thing kind of makes him wonder. So then he goes to John Favreau eventually and is like, okay, we got to sit this guy down and find out if he's, if he's my son. And Buddy's like eating the cotton balls that are in the jar. James Conn is like, don't do that. Well, what was it he said earlier with the elves when like he, he only made like 80 four eighty five toys and he was like nine hundred behind. He's like, I'm just a cottonhead like nanny muggins or whatever he said. And there was yeah. Buddy, no. you're not a cottonhead nanny muggins. He did not say that. Um, but yeah. Like bro, I want to uh, chill in one of those elf workshops one day. It seems so fun there. I know. He uh Buddy also does get thrown into jail at, at one point so, so kind of early on. Um <laughs> which hey I'm surprised it was bound to happen. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't happen sooner. I'm surprised he didn't get an extended visit. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised he only spent that amount of time in jail. He's literally like almost spying on Jovi. He shouldn't even be in like a prison. He should just be put in a penitentiary at this point. (laughs) Yeah, put him in an asylum. (laughs) Get this man the help he needs. what's, What's so great is like everything he's doing. He does look like a like. That job, but for, to him, it's all like real. Like he believes everything. It is all real and, too. Like he's actually not he, crazy, but it seems that way to you know every, literally everyone. To everyone else, that he is like actually insane. Um, I love. My only my question is, movies. how did he survive in the North Pole all those years? Like how? How is it not too yeah, cold Satan. for like humans? I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing he just like just body chilled inside. <laughs> Because, like, yeah, I'm sure they got heat. We, we Santa's definitely got uh, heat. Santa's got heat. There's <laughs> no way he's just... He's been doing this too long. He's old now. He's like, we gotta get this place. Um, but also, we see him, like, walking with his uh, his brother, and he's, like, making fun of his huge coat. He's like, why are you wearing that? Like, he definitely seems to not be affected by cold at this point. Yeah. Um, he doesn't wear gloves the entire movie. One of one of my favorite like things I wanted to bring up. Uh, I don't know if it's at the hospital or at at his dad's building. Wherever he's talking to one of the little girls, and and he's like, "I'm an elf who was raised by humans." And then the little girl just completely with like total sincerity is like, "Oh, I'm a human raised by humans." I think that I think like, that was in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, and Buddy's like, "Oh, nice." Like it's so. It's one of my favorite. She's moments. just like, "I'm a human um, that was raised by humans." Yeah. <laughs> He just says it. That's good. Uh, That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of my favorite comedic stuff comes from Buddy and Michael, his younger brother, when they start to hang out. Buddy picks him up from school. Michael's like, I don't know this guy. I've never seen him before in my life. And, and he's like, I'm your brother, just, buddy. <laughs> I'm coming. Yeah. Um, and then literally the moment that makes me laugh the hardest is which is so childish but it's the snowball fight it's when they get into the snowball snowball fight i'm like bro i wish i could throw a mean smoke snowball like buddy yeah and it's after the snowball fight that uh michael's like well where did you say you were from (laughs) 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 yeah uh but that snowball fight is so funny they get cornered and 
Michael's like, oh man, we gotta run. And Buddy's like, we can take it. Start making as many snowballs as you can. And Michael gets like one. And he turns around and Buddy has like two armfuls. And he just starts, he's just the greatest snowball thrower known to mankind. But he's just the goat. He was fast pitching those motherfuckers. He is fast pitching them. He hits them with a Patrick Mahomes like midair sidearm to nail the last guy in the face. And then he throws just an absolute bomb over top to the guy who escaped. What an athlete. I mean, just an incredible feat of athleticism there from our guy, bud. Just imagine those um, kids are, like, just totally unconscious. In <laughs> <laughs> fact, that, that the snowball hats. He was, he was whipping those. It's like, wow. Um, uh, Buddy the Elf but, was a, a Mortal Kombat character. His fatality would just be rolling up, like, a giant smoke snowball and then throwing it through your body. Yeah. Uh, that would kill pretty much anybody. I, I, Sub-Zero does not stand a chance against Buddy the Elf. But I love that. I love that. I love when they get home and they're putting up the Christmas tree. And then and then they're like, how are we going to... And Michael's like, how are we going to get the star on top? And Buddy just like jumps off of the couch fully like going into the tree. And then he falls over with the tree. There's so much great physical comedy. Um, but you also feel like there's a connection that grows between him and Michael, and it, it really works for me. Like, I love when they see Jovi and Michael's, like, wingman for him. He's like, you gotta ask her out, like, to food. That's like a code girl pass. And he has, like, no idea what he's saying, but he's trying to help him out. It's great. You gotta ask her out for, you know, like, food. Then if she says yes, you're in. Yeah. And we're just like, uh, not quite that simple, Michael. Not quite. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think about the relationship between Buddy and Jovi? Because to me, it is kind of the one part of the story that feels a little bit like undercooked. Like it doesn't get that much time to develop. Like I do think it's sweet. I like Jovi as a character, but they go on one date and it's just kind of goofy. And then they're like they're together. I feel like if anything in this film needs more time, it's that relationship. But that could be. Sweet. I don't know. It's uh, I like that the romance never annoyed me in this. So I'm, yeah, I don't know if I would want more time or not because I think they did mostly what they needed to with it. Like I, I really liked her as a character. Um, I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. Like you, you don't see them together a ton, but like there's still moments where like, like when she's watching the TV later on, and they're like, "Oh, we spotted an elf roaming through a man dressed in elf roaming through Central Park," and she's like looking at the blurred close up, and she's like, "Oh." She she goes out. Yeah, I love um, a, a big section of this movie is uh, his dad and is just so pissed off and he's like, we can't leave him at the house. And his his wife got to work, so Buddy has to go to work with with his dad. And I love the scene where he sends him down to the mailroom and he just gets wasted with this guy. He just meets. oh yeah, he's like, you have syrup. I love syrup in my coffee. Do you mind if I have some? He's like, go for it. And it's liquor, and yeah, he just and pours like the whole bottle, and then he cuts to him and the other dude being blasted, just drunk as hell. Yeah. <laughs> they're laying out on the on the like eggs or whatever that are there at the carts, and they're just hot. Dude, it's kind of sad too because that other dude's like, "Man, I'm 26 and I don't have anything to show for my life and whatever." And Buddy's just like, "You're so young. You're so young. You've got time." He's so optimistic. Like Buddy really is the best friend. Let's be honest. I want to get. I want to get wasted. I would love to get wasted with Buddy. 
and then they they cut to um, James Khan's phone call gets interrupted because they're like, "There's a disturbance in the mailroom," and it cuts to Buddy. Oh like, yeah, he's on he's on crazy. the phone with a uh, Michael Finch, which is like the biggest writer in all the world. Apparently, Miles, Miles, Miles Finch. Finch yeah, that's it. Yeah, Miles. He's Finch. on the phone with him, and he gets interrupted. And he's like, "What could possibly be happening in the mailroom?" And Buddy is absolutely gone. On a table. They're partying down there, man. They're having the time of their life. They got music going. They're fucking blasted. Yeah, yeah. Buddy's going crazy off the dance floor. Um, it's great. And then uh, the next big kind of business thing is Miles Finch, the assistant writer, comes in and uh, they're hearing his pitch out. <laughs> and Buddy, Buddy comes in right after his. his yeah, Miles movie. Finch, played by Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, though, what a guy. I sometimes forget he's in this. Like I know he's in it, but yeah. any I, I always remember up, him. Whenever he shows up, I'm like, hey. I, for, I forget that Buddy comes in and calls him an elf, but I remember that he's in he this movie. He calls him I'm an like, elf oh, so many dang. times. I was like, dang, John Favreau. I know that's you one went of there, man. That's one of the times where I'm like, wow, this made it into. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah, Peter Dinklage was fine with it, obviously. <laughs> no, of course. And hey, he gets. when <laughs> he just charges that Buddy. He lays he his up, ass on the ground. He, like, just, dude, the close-up shots they're doing of this, like, when he's positioning Buddy, just of his, like, Daisy looks so angry. I'm like, this is perfect. It's so funny. I love the, like, full-on Power Ranger-style kick that he... I was I was really surprised that Buddy didn't get his ass kicked before this. Oh yeah, I mean this again, long time. Ago. Uh, <laughs> I mean he kind of he kind of does get his ass kicked a little bit in the in the mall early on when when he kisses off the Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, with the Santa. Yeah, Santa kind of goes in on him, but it's nothing compared to what Peter Dinklage does. I mean this guy is this guy's going in on him. He's like, call me Elf one more time. Buddy does it, and he just starts he's wailing like, on he's him like, more. He's an angry Elf. Oh my god! Um, oh man! Yeah, but this that kind of leads to, uh, I guess, the entrance to the third act where uh, James Khan basically says he wants nothing to do with Buddy. He needs to leave and uh, kick Buddy out. Essentially, Buddy. All right, and it's my goat, Michael, that realizes Buddy's gone and knows that he needs to fix it. So he goes into his dad's room. He's like giving the pitch to his boss, and I love this scene where um he's like. Okay, like he listens to his son finally. And he's like, okay, we can do this another time, right? And the his James Con's boss is like, no, what the heck? And he starts like, uh, he's like, I flew in son. just to see this pitch or just to listen to this pitch. You're gonna give me this pitch. Yeah, and then he says something to to Michael, and James Con is like, don't tell my son what to do. See, I was thinking about time. this the whole time. I'm just like, man, it's Christmas Eve. They're giving a pitch. This dude flew in just to listen to a pitch. I'm like, why are you all even giving pitches on Christmas Eve, bro? It's Christmas yeah, Eve. That's crazy. There's a they good way all to these. avoid all this. Just give people time with their freaking families, man. Yeah. Uh, they should all be at home with their families. But I love this scene where, where James Conn finally is like, you know what? I've had enough. And he, he puts his foot down with his boss. His boss is like, "You're fired if you don't give this pitch," and and he, he I think James Con says in like such a James Con fashion, he's like, "Well, up yours," and he leaves with his son, and, yeah. and they go find Buddy. I love it. I guess what finally got through to him was his son, like the son that he's known all these yeah. since since the day he was born, was like, "You don't care about anyone but yourself." He's like, "Oh shit." He's like, "Damn." Kind of true. He's like, yeah, and, Buddy's uh, gone, I'm concerned. Buddy cares about everyone, and you don't care about anyone but yourself. I was like, oh. Oh, 
Tell him, Michael. Well, that's kind of set up by when Michael and Buddy are hanging out. Buddy's like, man, our dad's just the best dad in the whole world. Oh, yeah. He's like, like, no, he's what? not. He's, he's, the, the he's like the worst dad in the world. Yeah. He's like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, he's never home. He's always about, at work. He cares more about always money working. than he cares about his family. Yeah. <laughs> and even even, even his work. wife earlier on was like talking about like uh, Michael. And he's like, well, it's no secret that you don't spend any time with him. I'm like, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> the, even even the mom knows what's up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's when we finally see a turn. And then they go to find Buddy. And uh, right as Buddy's kind of looking out, ready to ready to do whatever. I don't know. Maybe he's contemplating suicide. He's standing on a bridge. Uh, we don't know what would have happened. But uh, then he sees Santa's play, and uh, Santa's play is going down, bro. Um, I do kind of like this finale that happens in this movie because it ties it all back into like Christmas spirit, and it serves as a way to get all the characters in one place together and kind of make up and we see them really become a family. Santa's sleigh has no engine, cool. no turbine, it's gone. That doesn't even matter when there's Christmas spirit. Yeah, it's like... He doesn't need hey. a freaking engine, bro. There's Christmas spirit, he's just gonna fly that bitch. Yeah, well, I kind of love... Because Santa talks about how, like, hey, before before we had this turbine, we ran all on Christmas spirit. That was all we had. And it just kind of goes to show how, like, um, throughout the years and, like, development of technology and stuff, I feel like I feel like we have lost a little bit of, like, the magic of Christmas that also just happens with growing up. Um, And so I think it's kind of a cool, subtle commentary on some of that. But um, it also is just funny to see the sleigh with all the reindeer, like, trying to get off the ground, but they can't quite do it. Um, Yeah, when the sleigh, like, when he crashed, I was like, man, I'm glad all those reindeer survived. That's good. I know. That could have been ugly. Like, geez. I love that Santa whips out his actual book and is like proving to Michael. Michael's like, I wanted a skateboard, and Santa's like, not just oh, any, no, not just right? any skateboard. Now you wanted a real tough board. Yeah, and he's like, go look, look in the back, and Michael's like, whoa. And then the, then the sleigh skate. rises. He's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Michael's just like, what what just happened? And Santa's like, you made my sleigh fly because you believed in me. And then Michael runs to the reporter. He just steals uh, Santa's book, bro. He just and, and Santa's like, you better bring that back right now, Michael. And he's just gone. He's gone. Um, I love the the person that's getting interviewed about the things trying to flirt with the reporter. Oh, yeah, like, dude. That's reporter. literally all he was doing, bro. He did not give a fuck about anything else. He, he was like, she was like, so, uh, yeah, we, we, we got word that something from the sky earlier. And the little girl, like, earlier on said Santa's sleigh. He's like, yeah, what did you say? And he's like... Oh, you're a great reporter. <laughs> yeah, like, you've got a great mouth. Just I like, love that you really, you tell the story how it is, Charlotte. Like, dang. Uh, that made me laugh. I was, what, I was I think, what, didn't he say, like, you have a great mouth, but your eyes really tell the story or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bro, this dude is trying to get something. Like, when he brings the book and he's, he's saying what, like, all these kids wanted and it's showing them, like, watching. They're like, yeah. It's him. And then... <laughs> Then the reporter's just like, uh, and and he's like, what's your name? And then he goes and finds it. It's like, what she wants is for her boyfriend to finally admit. Yeah, her boyfriend and, to stop being a dick and stop getting cold feet. Yeah, stop getting cold feet cold and finally dick. commit for once. And he, he's like, who yeah. told you to say that? Whoa. I also love when he, It's uh, like, it's the real Santa. 
I forget what he says, but he says something about uh, like a grown man who's like in a bar with his friends. Yeah. That's kind of embarrassing. And the guy Dirk looks is, at his buddy. He's Dirk like, something. What? It's like, it must be another Dirk, Dirk whatever. It wasn't Dirk yeah. Nowitzki. Must be I know another that. Dirk Lawson. Yeah. yeah, Lawson. Must be yeah. another Dirk Lawson. <laughs> Can't so be funny. me, man. I don't want that. And, uh, that's, I mean, I would never wish for that, boy. You know that, right? Right? Right, right? Yeah. Um, Need some more syrup, guys? And then, <laughs> and then eventually, you know, the play's got to get back in the air. And everyone everyone is here by this point. Like, there is mom, the mom come. Jovi sees it on the news and comes, finds everything. Um, and they all start singing. Because, you know, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Yeah, they set that Such up way time. early on. Like, when she's like... I can sing, I just don't like doing it, especially in front of people. And then, like, she's singing in the shower, and Buddy's being mm-hmm. a creep and listening to her. And singing like, along with it, too. Yeah. I love how he's like, I think you have the most beautiful voice in the whole wide world. And it's like the creepiest thing ever, but you know, yeah. you know he's not meaning for it to be creepy. He's like, he's actually trying to show that he likes it. It's like, bro, oh yeah. my god. I thought that was so funny, though. She's like... Uh, she was like, "Why were you listening to me singing in the shower?" And she's like, "He's like, yeah, you have a beautiful voice." And she's like, "Are you sure it didn't have anything to do with me being naked in the shower?" And he's like, "I didn't know you were naked." Like, what do you how do you take showers in the North Pole, man? They show him taking a shower, and I'm pretty sure he's naked. He's shirtless at least. Yeah, he's at least shirtless. So it's like, bro, what? Is, what do you? Um, oh, earlier on too, when uh, like he first gets to. Uh, the home and uh the the mom like comes down the next morning and he's like i built a rocking horse and he's like she's like oh you built that where'd you get all the wood and it's just like all the wood is gone from everything around the living room it's like oh yeah oh man this movie's so fun it still makes me laugh quite a few times which i'm surprised by because i've seen it so much um i think it helps that it's it's a one time a year type of movie like you're only going to watch it once around Christmas. Maybe you won't watch it every year. Um, I do tend to watch this one pretty much every year at this point. But, yeah. I love the ending, how they, they get the sleigh back in the air with Christmas spirit. And then uh, it cuts to, it cuts to James Conn on the piano while Jovi's singing all blank songs. And, and I'm like, okay, James Conn, get it. Like, we didn't know you could play like that. And then they're opening presents and stuff. So it's so wholesome. That's what that's what I love about it. It's just it's so wholesome, but it still gives you those moments of like him calling Peter Dinklage an elf. Where you're like, <laughs> I didn't know we were doing this in, in the movie. Yeah, I didn't know we were going there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the, when they're I in the the group sing along, getting a Santa's sleigh to fly again. When uh, Michael looks over and just sees his dad like mm. lip seeking, he's like, Yeah, that's the last piece. He's yeah, like really seeing. And he's like, I am. He's like, no, you're just moving your lips. So he's just like, ugh. And starts singing. Fine. He starts to sing, and then that's kind of when it, it fully takes off. Goes. Um, that's such a, I think it's such a great job with, like, James Bond's arc. Like, everything works. Nothing happens really too fast. Like Maybe he he's going to be on the nice pretty, list now, man. He stays pretty pretty determined to be like, I'm James Bond, and I'm serious and working throughout the movie. But they set up points where you, you feel like he does care about Buddy, he does care about Michael and then when he sees his son and his son is like bro, you only care about yourself he's like oh damn and then he apologizes to Buddy 
But even still, he's not fully singing out in the open yet. He, he needs his son to be like, come on, you can do it uh, before he starts singing. So I love his character. Part. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite family relationships or like storylines in a movie between between Buddy and, and his dad, Michael. I just, I think it's so sweet. Um, and I, I just really love it. Part of it is I'm such a James Caan fan. Again, rest in peace. Um, Gone too soon. I mean, he was older, but it's always sad because he's a performer like that. For sure. Yeah, so, Elf. Um, it's a great Christmas movie, and I have started. Movie. I have started watching it pretty much every year now. Yeah, oh, it's a fun uh, one. It's so fun. It's really short too. Like it is only ninety minutes, pretty much. Um, it goes by quick. It's well paced. I think um, it really like drags you into from the very start, like kind of framing it with Papa Elf telling the story, uh, explaining everything to you. And then it goes back to that sort of like storytelling narrative at the end because it, it's like telling the story about how um, his dad like started his own publishing company and Buddy's story as his first book. And then it's like Buddy reading it at a read, read aloud for everyone. So it's just so well put together. It's so simple too. Like nothing is that like out there or experimental. Like they kind of take it pretty. It's pretty chalk, I would say, from what you'd expect like a movie like this. But it works for it. Like everything is just so well done, and it doesn't do more than. And that's why I always. Yeah, I agree with all that. It's great, and if you for some reason haven't seen it and are listening to this, go watch it because there's no you, way you should see no it. Way. Everyone should that see was, this movie at least once. That's true. Um, what other Christmas movies? You said you watched Home Alone. I gotta, I gotta rewatch. Yeah, I watched Home Alone, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's really all I've gotten around to this year. They, yeah. I need to watch more. I'll probably watch, probably watch Klaus, which came out. That's more recent. That's already become like one of my favorite Christmas movies. I'll it's probably really watch. Good. Yeah, I love Klaus. Um, I'll probably watch Home Alone one and two. Around. Yeah, I still need to watch two. I love the second one. I there's some days I I prefer the second one over the second. So, uh, so, I always prefer the first, but I like both of them. No, that's that's fair. Um, kind of thing. I just rewatched. You like the uh, second one more some days because uh, the second one is the one with Donald J. Trump. That's true. <laughs> our, our great, truly great president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump. Uh, wow. Uh, the movie star. Put Donald Trump on the uh, $200 bill. Hey, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Benjamin Franklin's on there as the the 100. He he wasn't even president. So, what are we we doing? Father of electricity, though, man. You gotta give him some props. He is the father of electricity, and he was from Philly. So, uh, speaking of Philly, oh my god, my Eagles gonna get a win. (laughs) Man, yeah, your Eagles are looking rough. Losing to Drew Locke. Hey, the Patriots so are three and eleven, so that's true. Uh, I'm kind of upset they beat the Steelers the... now, since the Panthers decided to win. Like, wow, the, uh, the Patriots might be the number one draft pick right now. If they would have lost to the Steelers. I don't even know if the Steelers are going to win another game, though. No, the Steelers look really. Bad. They look so bad. Yeah, this is. Oh. I mean, I say it. I feel like I say it about my Conlon like every year, and then somehow still find a way to beat five hundred. But this could be it for this group. Um, they do not look capable of winning. I think it could be Zoo, and they were seven and five, which is wild. 
Like, yeah. I think they might just um, lose it all. The Browns somehow are winning games with Joe Flacco. The Bengals are winning games. With- Joe Flacco's the GOAT, man. He's Joe Super, Flacco, Super Bowl winner Joe Flacco, bro. Super Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. He oh, he got MVP? Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Uh, he was incredible that postseason. I don't know the exact stats, but I think he had like 12 touchdowns to one pick or something. Like, he, he had a great postseason. Maybe spot. he just like thrives in the AFC North. Like, that division, something about it just makes him like good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Love Joe Flacco. What a legend. Um, don't know how he's still in the league and winning games for Cleveland Browns, but you know, uh, I'm excited What's to see what happening? happens in the. I'm excited to see what happens in the AFC South because literally, like three teams are eight and six right now. Um, the Jaguars look kind of iffy to say the least. Um, the Ravens are a really good. Yeah, I don't know what the Jaguars. Well, they probably play. I know they played the Texans twice. They probably play the Colts again, don't they? The Colts think, might play both of those teams again. I think so. I don't know. Um, Loki wouldn't be surprised if the Colts somehow win that division. Like, I just think they're they're kind of on a hot streak. They've got – but also the Texans just won a game without C.J. Stroud, which is super crucial. They're going to get Stroud back. He just had a concussion. So, like, who knows? That division. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's – I don't know. I'm interested to see. I'm ready for the playoffs. We're, like, what, three weeks away? Yeah, three weeks. I am. I'm very ready for the playoffs. I feel like personally, to me, this has been one of the seasons I've been the least in the NFL regular season. I think a lot of it is just the injuries. Like, there's been so many brutal injuries, um, and also it's just been kind of a rough. Like, I hate saying it's been a rough year as an Eagles fan because they are still ten and four and have a good chance to win out. But it's like. They haven't looked that impressive against the teams they've beaten. Now they've lost three in a row. I'm over dramatic, so it's just like, oh my god, this is the worst. But um, we'll see. I think the Ravens could could win the AFC. I think if they stay healthy, I don't know who's beating them. I always trust Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in the playoffs, but that receiver core is just is just so yeah. bad. Dude, the so, Ravens 49ers play on Christmas night. That could potentially be the Super Bowl again. That could potentially be the Super Bowl. That would be a good Super Bowl. It would be. And I, if, if we see a Super Bowl rematch, I'd prefer to see that than 49ers versus Chiefs. I agree. I do feel like this 49ers team will win a win. Like, at some point. Like, this Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Ebo, uh, Trent Williams with like Fred Warner on defense. They've been so close for so many years. Haven't gotten it done. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the year, especially with the NFC. I feel like every contender in the NFC is either inconsistent or has critical problems. Like the Eagles are treading water. The Cowboys are the Cowboys, although they have looked solid. They just lost to the Bills. Um, I like the Lions a lot. I'm excited for their success, but I also don't believe in them being consistent enough and having the experience in multiple playoff games. So I think the 49ers have a really good show. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to see anyone beating the 49ers, like, to me right now. I've kind of been saying it since the beginning of the season. Then they had that little rough patch where they lost a few games. They had some injuries. If they at least mostly stay healthy and don't lose, like, any big pieces, then I think you don't see a team beating them. I just don't. They have so much talent, it's ridiculous. And they've had that same talent for years, so the chemistry is there. 
It's like everything is there mm-hmm. for a Super Bowl. It is. Uh, they have the coach. I think Kyle Shanahan is maybe, or I mean, up there with Andy Reid, the best offensive mind in the game. Sean McVay is also still a great coach. The Rams, if the Rams sneak into the playoffs, they're a dangerous team to see in like the wild card round. I Are would they not in the playoffs see... right now. They might win out, so they might just stay in. Yeah, uh, I, they might be in the playoffs. I don't know how it is. I know they're close. They're at least on that bubble. They might win out. I would not want to see the Sean McVay Ram in a wild card right now. That team could upset somebody. Um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. Playoffs are always like I'm excited for the college football playoffs. And so I wish more than four teams. The four teams they have are going to be good matchups. Michigan, Alabama should be great. Texas, Washington. There's some good football up ahead, so I'm excited. Looking forward to what we got yeah. coming after Christmas. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll probably be doing a Willy Wonka. Yeah. I just rewatched Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I've seen Wonka. You're going to see it after we record this, correct? Yeah, I should be so, seeing it tonight. Yeah. Later, sometime um, today. Yeah, I I mean I'll save my thoughts on on Wonka and that for for the episode, but I'm excited to do it. I'm also going to be watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for the first time, so we'll see how that goes. But um. What we got. We'll be back with the Chocolate Factory movies. Yeah. So cool. Good to talk to you, man. We'll, we'll be back next time. Always good.